At RWJ Barnabas Health, we have a passion for heart health. With the largest adult and pediatric cardiac surgery programs in the state, a heart transplant program that's top 15 in the nation, a partnership with Rutgers Health, the latest technology and medical advancements, and nationally renowned care for every heart in every one of our communities. Whoever your heart beats for, our hearts beat for you. Let's be healthy together. Visit rwjbh.org heart. RWJ Barnabas Health, New Jersey's largest academic health care system and official health care provider of the New Jersey Devils. Let's be healthy together. Learn more at rwjbh.org. Speak of the Devils is supported by Riverside Oral Surgery, official partner of the New Jersey Devils. Hi again, everyone. I'm Matt Lachlan, along with my colleague, Sam Kassan. Welcome to the latest edition of Speak of the Devils, presented by RWJ Barnabas Health. We're in the Legacy Lounge, joined by Dawson Mercer, who's coming off a fabulous first year in the National Hockey League. Dawson, thank you very much for joining us. I know it just ended, but have you had time to reflect on on what this first year was like for you and what you took out of it? Yeah, it's... No, I loved it. I got to play in all 82, and uh, it was a fun season. Um, we started off uh, really good, and, you know, we've had some, there's times when it was uh, going good and then bad, but that's the, you know, the part of your first year in the NHL, and I, I loved it. I think the guys were great. It was a good season. Um, you know, I'm really happy, happy overall with how my, uh, my game turned out and uh, my season, and I uh, just pretty much can't wait for next year. I think that's, uh, looking forward to it. Obviously, we want to be playing meaningful games at this time, and um, it'll be excited to get started and, you know, hopefully push towards that next year. I know Chico and I had you on the uh, Devils Hockey Network toward the end there. In fact, it was the final game of the season. And we asked you to reflect on some things. And you said basically everything was, was exciting. I mean, you really did drink in the rookie experience and the new buildings, opening night, going to some of the uh, arenas that were just packed to capacity, didn't you? Yeah, I think there were so many great memories, obviously, uh, right from the start, like when I had my first game, first point. Um, I love when I have family in town, friends. That was great just to hang out with them and uh, enjoy that, see some familiar faces from back home. And then, uh, you know, I said about some games, like in Vegas was pretty cool, the atmosphere there. That was a great experience. Uh, going back to Canada, uh, I mentioned the Tim Hortons, like we were talking about. And, yeah, right around um, the corner. Where you going, Canada? Going, going back there and uh, playing against those teams that, you know, you grew up watching pretty much. And, um no, so there was a lot of memories to take in from this year, and uh, I'm pretty excited to keep on making more. So, and going way back, heading into training camp, can you even imagine the way the year turned out? Because I know heading into camp, like you're only focused. And actually, I think I think we talked a little bit in the, in the rookie camp before that, and your goal was like just to make the roster, just to make the roster, make the team, get that one game. Can you imagine that 82 games later, you would have been the only Devil to appear in all 82? Yeah, well. I remember back then, like, I was really taking, I, I still take everything in short terms, like, day by day and week by week, and uh, especially back then, you know, I wanted to make sure I had a good rookie tournament and push towards make, having a good preseason and then making that opening night roster and then making sure I kept my spot on the team and um, being that guy. So as the game started rolling in and, and I was the guy playing them all, and um, for sure that was a goal of mine. I think that's a pretty big accomplishment. And uh, as a young guy, I'm, I'm pretty proud of being able to dress up for all of them and, um, you know, think uh, I, I would like to do that for the years to come also. <laughs> and you mentioned a couple of the memories. Is one really stand out? Was it the first game, maybe the rookie lap, the first goal, having your family there? Like, is there one moment that really, like, oh, I, 
That's the moment of the year. Definitely, well, the ones you just listed pretty much all happened like almost the same time. Like it was like my first assist was the the first game, then goal the next game, and my family was here for that full week, so they got to take in that. you know, we played how many games was it at the start of the year? Like five yeah, or something five at home uh, to start off. So they're there for that full stretch. So I think my first first week in the NHL was pretty special for and, sure. And looking at the whole year, what did you learn? What did you learn about the league, whether it's the competition, the style of play, what you have to do differently to be successful? What what some of the lessons you took from the year? Yeah, well, there's obviously so many games, so many good players. Um, Every given night, any team can beat anyone, and um, you got to be prepared for that. I think uh, when it comes down to the wire, all those uh, those points, like the the goals, like overtime, of uh, you know getting those shootout wins, and um, they all make a difference at the end of the year when it comes to where you're finishing for wild cards, playoff spots, and I think you realize how much all that matters, and just being able to play in all of them was pretty special, and. Um, I want to make sure I do that, but I think there's so many good details that I can take from this year, and I'm excited to use all that towards next year. In camp, the Devils gave you every opportunity to both make the team, but then also show maybe he needs some seasoning in the American League right from the get-go. In games, you played all the preseason games. Uh, They wanted to see what you got, and you kept passing every test. Was there a point where you started to realize you are passing all these tests and it's a good thing. I'm just wondering what the approach was as you entered your first pro camp and they're giving you some opportunities. Are you thinking, grab the bull by the horns here? Or are you thinking, all right, just make sure you're a pro, you know, and, and we'll see where the chips fall. I, um, right from rookie camp, I had that mindset when, when I was done with there and I realized uh, where I stood within the organization and uh, my opportunities. And I felt from then on that I thought I had a good chance and I could be a guy that can make this team and uh, that was my goal right from the start anyways but um, you know I really wanted to give them no opportunity no choice to not put me in the lineup so I think um, you know that was a big part of passing those tests I wanted to make sure that I didn't give them the option they had one choice and that was it and um, I didn't want to let them do anything else so because I wanted to play here I wanted to be part of this team and help us win and I think just like you said after I passed so many of those tests like it felt good and um, becoming a consistent player within our organization and team that they go out there every night and and do my best so it was great to you know obviously do that but it's you don't want to take nothing for granted and you want to make sure that you keep on working towards all all the goals for next year two conversations that you had i'd like you to discuss one when you were told that you were making the team what that moment was like and what was running through your head and then the call that you made home what was that conversation like? Or was it just text in this day and age? It was not a phone call. Um, no, it was pretty special. Obviously, I was playing in all the... I remember I was playing in all the preseason games, like you said, quite a few of them. And I, I seen who I was playing with and in the lineup. And um, then we had those practice days before the official details were. And I knew that was the game, pretty much the game one lineup. And I realized where I was slotted in the lineup. And I was like, so I had a good feeling and uh, just talking. So there was no really, I don't believe any official thing, but I know um, first thing that video came out, they said, who made, I remember that Twitter post, it was a video clip of me and they said, guess who made it or whatever. And it was the video of me coming up on it. And um, that was pretty special. And then I, obviously my parents knew and uh, called them, but we had a good feeling. uh, Just, we felt pretty confident from my, uh, my 
performance within the preseason, and I, I uh, had a good feeling. So going into the game, I was I was pretty ready, and uh, I think it just kept on going uphill from then. I, I have to remind myself constantly that while I have certain experiences in my life, the world has changed, and I try to stay modern, certainly. Uh, and yeah, who makes a phone call anymore to deliver <laughs> news? It's out there on social media. If you made a phone call, your parents would have said, well, yeah, we knew that 20 minutes ago. So uh, yeah, that, that, that's the way news is delivered. I do think, and not to sound... <clears throat> too much like a, you know, an old fart, but you know, there's still some special. I think about the surprise, which yeah, maybe it does take place on social media, but that phone call that it's a little more personal. But hey, that's just me. That's just me. We appreciate the shout out though for social media. Oh, De- no. Definitely, definitely appreciate that. <laughs> no, it was good. Like there, I was trying to think back. Like there could have been a moment when I got maybe told like at the rink or something, but I, I do remember like having a good feeling just from practice lineups and where I was. So. Um, I was feeling good about it, and but there, I would assume there was a moment when someone told me probably when coming into that game, but uh, either way, I was just pretty pumped. I didn't care how I found out or how it happened. I just wanted to make sure that my name was up there when I was going out for that game. Well, well Travis Ajak wasn't ever really officially told, but he came into one practice in the preseason. It was near the start of the season, and his number had changed. And back in the day, Lou Lamorello kept the numbers very low. You know, mm-hmm. you, nobody basically got above... 30 unless you were a goaltender um, and his number changed and he looked at his uniform in the stall and he goes you know what do you think that means and we were all like well that means you made the team because obviously you could have had a higher number and kept playing with it but not for the NHL team uh, and that was his way so yeah it wasn't necessarily an official word it was done more by actions and what was obvious for, for Travis. But once you make the team obviously there's always the chance you could go back to the American League was there a moment where you were like, all right, I'm here. This is, you know what I mean? Like, because yeah, at, at any point you could have gone down. Some guys made it, went back and forth a little bit. But was there a moment during the year where like, all right, I'm here for the duration, 20 games in, 40, 80 games in? I, you know, I don't know. Like, was there a moment where you're like, all right, I made it? Um, I wouldn't say a direct moment of when I made it. I knew, like I said, you never want to take anything for granted. Like, you want to make sure that you, you have that, um, I would say, not question, but like you just want to, you know, the option is, was always there. But like I always said, I wanted to make sure that I didn't give them any other choice. And uh, I kind of had that mindset all year. And um, during the season when I played those first few games and I got my housing letter and then um, where I was playing in the lineup and how I was doing and I felt good about my game. And um, then there's times when, you know, you want to do better and you want to do more and uh, you just work towards it. I think that's a big thing when you're competing and working and trying your best. And they, they see that obviously. And I think then there's, um, it just kind of went good. So there was always that time when, you know, their option of there, but I didn't want to give them two options. I just wanted to make sure I always limited to one, and that was to stay here for the full year, and it, it worked. <laughs> was there any surprises in the year? Because, I mean, obviously, man, I don't know what it's like to play in the National Hockey League, but you have some kind of assumptions. You assume guys will be faster. You assume they'll be stronger, quicker, all those kinds of things. Does anything take you by surprise, though, about the league? Um... Nothing too crazy, I don't think. Obviously, uh, like I said, on any, any given night, any team can win. you got so many top good players. And um, just from the start, obviously, when I was playing and you, you played some big names and you, you remember those games and um, it was pretty exciting. But when I uh, started those first few games and playing and playing more and uh, then all of a sudden the game started getting more, more used to it and more comfortable and... I was like, no, I belong here, and this is where it is. And I, I just felt good going out there on every night and playing, playing my game, playing, 
playing how what I do best pretty much. So um, it got pretty comfortable after those first couple weeks. Early on, though, there were a couple of big names on the opposing team's lineup sheet. So yeah. I'm just wondering if there was any time. Oh, well, and it would be normal. You go like, hey, wait a minute, that's Patty Kane. Well, you got the ones like I remembered when um, we played Boston and Bergeron was there. He was my player. And I, I remember when I was taking the face off against him. And I, after the game, I was wondering if I had a pitcher when I took the face off with him. I, like, I, was, I was wondering, like, there's a couple guys like that that's, like, that you grew up, that you watched. And obviously McDavid, he's the top guy. And we, I remember when we played here against him. And... Um, Crosby and then we played Pittsburgh pretty early around you know the 10th game mark I believe or just under that and um, you know so it was pretty pretty special when those guys are out there on the ice against you and now I realize that I'm in the same situation and um, you know you just have that confidence and you're like yeah uh, my job is to you know do better than them this night and you hope you can give it your best shot. Well and isn't it the truth though Sam uh, like Yes, Dawson's 20 years of age, but he was a first-round pick. He had represented Canada internationally growing up. You have to have confidence to have even gotten that far in your career. So I've yet to meet a player who shies away from the opportunity presented to himself. Uh, you know, we, we think, oh, you're 20 and you're going to be intimidated by the moment. You respect the moment, but you can't, you can't be intimidated by it. Oh, well, like, I think confidence is huge. If you don't got no confidence, well, you're not really going to perform at the best of your ability. And I think there's a big difference of being, um, when you have confidence, being cocky and on those terms of um, you want to respect everyone and uh, do your part. But at the same time, you want to make sure that, you know, that confidence is what's going to help you grow your game and become a better player and uh, really help out your teammate. You push your teammates in that matter too when you're being better the, and going against them. So um, that's something that I always thought was really important, and I want to make sure that I, I keep doing that because if I, if I do that, it's going to help my, my game progress, and I'm just going to be a better player overall for it. Was the confidence ever dinged a little bit during the course of the season where it wasn't coming to you as easily maybe at other points where you had a question what you had to do next to get back to that level? And I'm just wondering, overall, it's kind of a two-part question, the last half of the season, the goals didn't come as easily as the first half. You did score the final game, which you can take with you into the summer. I'm just wondering how the confidence ebbed and flowed during the season. Yeah, there's always going to be those times when you're not at the best of your ability and you're not, um, you know, not everything is coming as good. Like, obviously, there was a time at the start of the year when uh, things were going real well, scoring a lot, and then there's times when, you know, I was going without goals for a while, and um, that's part of my game. Like, I want to be a guy scoring and help my team win and making plays. And um, just kind of looking at your game individually, you know, you can not be on the scoreboard there, but you can have a really good night defensively or productive. And I think looking at the positives of that, of that and that's something that I learned this year. I want to make sure I'm even more consistent next year and uh, come back as my second year and be a more dominant player. So I think just having that mindset and, um, you know, what happened, you can't really change. So, uh, but, you know, you can really help what it can, you can use that as motivation or um, just help you for the future because right now uh, really what matters is next season when we start up again. And, um, you know, that's the only thing I can really change about my uh, or learn from what I did to help that out. Manny brings up a good point, obviously, about we think some guys might be a little intimidated when they go, when they're young and going against some of these bigger guys. And I'm curious, what's Dawson Mercer like on the ice? Because you're obviously polite, soft-spoken with us and very malleable. But, like, when you get on the ice, are you chirping guys? you get into it with guys? Are you ignoring them? Like, are they trying to get in your ear and you're just... No, I'm not a, I'm not a chirper, but I, I think from people watch my game, I'm a pretty gritty player. Like, I... 
I play tough, I play hard, and I don't mind getting into the, the scrums or the messes. I'm not the biggest guy, but I think that's an important part of the game. And um, I play hard, so that's uh, a big thing. I think my game is pretty well-rounded, and uh, in between whistles, I, I like going as tough. And when, uh, when you play against those big names, uh, I think you can't shy down from any of that. It's either you, you go all out and you, you win it, or you go all out and it, you, know, you, you lose that battle or that uh, opportunity. But... I think if you go in there half thinking it, it's not going to end, end good anyway. So it's either go in there and, and do what you can. And um, I'm sure if you do that, the results will be better most of the time. And you mentioned, obviously, playing against Produce Bergeron. He's a guy you'd mentioned before that you kind of not modeled your game, but kind of aspired like, to be kind of that type of player. When you're on the ice with him, do you, have, do you tell him that? You're like, hey, man, I loved watching you growing up. Or do you not mention that at all? Like, I don't know. Like, not at all. I went up to the face-off, and I was like, I better win this draw. Like, pretty much trying to, trying to win that. Or, like, I, uh, no, no, none of that about that. During the game, I was full focus. I wanted to make sure that I was, I go out there, do good, and make sure I get put out there for my next shift. So, um, think like that and, and play the game, like, that way. Uh, you don't let that stuff affect you. But there's a, there's a time when you're, you're off the ice, and you, you think it's a cool moment. You're like, wow, that, like, just happened. I played a guy that I looked up to. It's a pretty cool moment, but... Uh, during the game, no, not at all. You, you yeah. <laughs> go out there, and I'm like, I hope I win. I hope I score against this guy, or and and have a good ending when I, uh, you know, take off my gear at the end of the night. So, uh, don't think too much like that. It's, we had Fabian Zetterlin on uh, recently on the podcast, and we got to talked to him about that, and he idolized Alexander Ovechkin mm -hmm. growing up, and he said he got into a preseason game with Alexander Ovechkin. He's like, oh my god, that's Ovi. I got to go touch him. So like they were at like a face-off circle. He just kind of go went over and like bumped into him, <laughs> just nudged him a little bit, and like Ovechkin just kind of reset or whatever. He's like, I had to like touch him. I had to do something. <laughs> that is a, that's a pretty cool story. Hey, listen, you know it's a dream for everyone growing up, and now you see somebody that you that you idolized, and he's across the way from you. Oh, you mentioned consistency, wanting to be more consistent. What do you have to do to get that? Like, yeah. what are you going to work on this summer? I think strength is a big thing for me. There's a lot of stuff that I want to work with, and uh, you know, I want to make sure that I get stronger. I think that'll help me with my face-offs. That's an aspect that I want to get better in. Uh, the details in the game, being a young guy, I just want to make sure I, I can do as much as I can out there on a consistent basic out there and making the right plays, right, uh, smart choices all the time. And um, I want to get my shot better. I want to make sure I put the puck in the back of the net uh, as much as I can. And uh, So all those things are, I think you can round out your game pretty well and there's a lot of things to improve on especially as a young player right now I think I can there's a lot of room for growth for me even uh, after what I've done this year I think I can I can take it up another a big step next year and uh, that's what I'm really looking forward to this summer and coming back here and uh, doing it all over again improving people that uh, I belong even more face-offs will be a big part of that of course both offensively and defensively we always talk numbers goals and assists but what about on the defensive side where do you need to step up there to continue to be that 200-foot player that the coaches can rely on? Yeah, there's times, obviously, the face-offs, like you said. And, um, you know, I played wing and center, so I'm pretty – I play all of them, so I want to be prepared for all those situations. And um, defensive thing, you know, just the system, making sure you're playing that correct, being on the D side of the puck, uh, not cheating, good stick, uh, stick on puck, like I said, being hard to compete against. You want to win those battles. Or it's important that – you know, if you go in there with a guy, you want to do whatever you can to, to win it. If you got to be smart about it, if you're bigger than him, well, maybe out-muscle him. If you're smaller, uh, smaller than him, you know, outsmart him. Uh, use, use my stick, use those tools and, um, you know, my skill set. And I think just playing that way and being uh, responsible in the D zone is how you, you get the puck. And then that really trans uh, goes into offense. So that's, uh, 
the main focus for me. The better you play in the D zone, the better you'll you'll be in the O zone because you got the puck more and uh, you'll have more opportunities. Then. What are you looking forward into the summer? Obviously, your summer's not starting yet, going to the World Championships. What are you looking forward to getting out of that tournament? And what's it like representing your country? I know you've done it before in various other tournaments, but what's it like pulling on that sweater with the Leaf? Yeah, it's really exciting. Obviously, I, I've played for you know Team Canada in the in the past in the juniors and. Um, it's a pretty big honor, you know, represent your country, put that Canadian sweater over, over your, on your chest again, and uh, it's pretty exciting, like I said, I, I, you know, you, you get those calls, and I couldn't wait to say yes and represent them, and I'd go over there, it's a great experience for me, um, some more hockey to play right now, go over there, try to win, win a gold medal, and um, it'll be exciting, and I'm just really, really pumped for it, and then, um, you know, get home, get ready, and uh, start training, preparing for next year, and uh, Come back here stronger and better than than I would than I was this year. Well, we certainly wish you luck in the world. So, what happens between then and getting back for camp? You went a line a little bit, you know, relax, kick back, a little fishing, any golfing. What are you going to do this summer? Yeah, obviously you got the the classic training, skating, and all those. But I'm a big outdoors person, and I. Uh, I'll go on a fishing trip. I do this uh, sand fishing trip every summer, three or four nights with my uh, uncles and my cousins, and it's, it's pretty exciting. And um, I like outdoors. I like going on hikes, anything, walk my dog with my family. I spend a lot of time with them, and um, I'm excited for that aspect, just to you know, relax with them for a bit and uh, enjoy that, but then also at the same time uh, putting in the work to make sure that I come back here better than ever. And um, you know, that's a time where you can really improve your game and um, you know, maybe get ahead of others and, and use that to your advantage. Do you have any buddies who've got, when I say fishing license, I'm not talking a New Jersey fishing license, which is like, you know, 35 bucks or something like that, and you're able to fish within the Garden State. I'm talking about the guys who have the big fishing license to take the big boats out into the Atlantic Ocean. Do you, ever, do you have any buddies who have that? And do you, do you, yeah, do you get out there at all? Uh, me, no. They, that's like their job now. So yeah. they, they've... Um, I go for fishing for fun. Like I said, I'll go cod fishing, salmon fishing. But a couple of my buddies I grew up with, like that's what they, they do now. They, they work in the summer. Last year, I remember I didn't see one of my good buddies for a long time because every he's gone on three, four, seven-day trips out there, out sea fishing. And um, that's how, the, how it is now for him in the summers. And um, we're kind of at that age when you're, you're growing up. This is my job. I'm, I'm in New Jersey now playing. And then... Um, you know, all my friends are working out too. Some of them are out west in Canada. Some of them fishing in the summer, um, moved away to the states, and I think that's just part of how life is now. But um, no, they're big fishermen, so it's pretty cool what they when they send pictures of the crab they're catching or all the fish, and um, it's pretty good. It tastes good too, so I like it. <laughs> that's, that's a good part of it. They share their bounty. And by the way, those license those licenses cost millions of dollars. It's not a cheap endeavor for for some of those guys who make a living out of it. So why don't we do a reality show, Sam? Let's do it. We get a camera. We get you out there just for one of the shorter trips that your buddies make. And you're working on the crew with them. And you're just like hauling in stuff. And it's not a new concept. It's, you know, we've seen the art, to, uh, the Alaska fishermen do their thing. Let, let's get a little Eastern Canada thing going. What do you think? I do the salmon fishing one for you. That's what, that's, you what, that's what interests me. So I like that aspect. But no, it's cool with my buddies with the fishing. It's a big Newfoundland thing. But. Um, I like the new. I like the salmon fishing stuff. That's what I'm. That's what I'm interested in, and that's what I do. Three, four night uh, in the tent, sleeping by the river, waking up fishing early, and uh, I think that's a pretty relaxing time, and I, I enjoy that. 
Uh, we got a camera. We got to get a camera guy. I think he saw. He, this is a, this is an oral contract he has made for the Devils' social team to be out there. Now, Sam, you'll have to be the alarm clock. You'll be coming yeah, in right, at three yeah. o'clock. <laughs> I'll, come wake wake I'll come wake you up. I'll come wake you up. I get back, and then you, won't you be guys. Coming from the tent. He'll be coming from like a hotel or something. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm walking down. Yeah, I'm not sleeping. Hey guys, ground. time to get up. Uh, come on. It's like we plan a, a yearly camping trip. I'm like, I, I don't want to sleep in a tent on the ground. I'll do the cabin thing. <laughs> But I'll come, yeah, absolutely. We'd love to film you out there. What, what are we looking for? How, how big are the salmon? Oh, I forget the measurement now. I shouldn't have forgot. There's a limit that you can't, so it's pretty important when you do. But I know, <laughs> I know when I catch the fish if I can keep them or not. So yeah, that's minimum, important. Of course, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But no, for the size-wise. That's what I mean. There's a limit on how big they can be, too. Oh, we, yeah, we, yeah, we for the size-wise. Yeah, there's, like, it's important for, like, for uh, reproductive of, like, the fish up in the river and... and uh, you know, there's a certain size that you can't keep. There's a limit that you, you can't go over. So you got the tape there to make sure you're all yeah. good. And um, obviously, you can only catch so many also. And uh, there's some rules, but uh, I don't know. It's pretty good. I'm excited anyways. If I, have, if I get a, a fish hooked on the line, it's a, it's a pretty good rush. How, how, what is that moment like when you're trying to reel this guy in? Yeah. He's, he's fighting back against you. And... I think it's great. And obviously, I go with my, uh, my cousins and my friends. So we're all having fun, a good time. It's, it's fun. And... Um, you obviously hope they get it in, but then it's also funny when they lose them every once in a while. And yeah, you can make jokes with them after about and saying who caught more, who, who didn't lose any or whatever. So it's, it's pretty good. Who got the biggest fish? So that's why you make sure you, you can kind of keep up to the limit there and make sure you can have that bragging right. Yeah, it's competitive, right? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, absolutely. What about the hiking side? Just, you know, finishing some things up. Uh, you know, what's Newfoundland's landscape like? Like, are you doing some steep, you know, draining hikes where you're really working at or is it a little more moderate um it depends last year we uh we went to the grossmore national park in newfoundland and uh they got the mountain there so we climbed that one i believe it took around six hours or something like it's a full day like you're you take your sandwiches your lunch and you do the big hike and i remember we're on that one and uh, i seen a beer on that hike actually and um it's pretty cool you go up there take your picture and i did that one with family but uh, i like going out just normal hikes it's Good scenery. I, I think it's good scenery. It's what I like. I like the outdoors, and uh, everywhere you are in Newfoundland, you're pretty much by the water. So uh, there's a lot of good, uh, good views and scenery. And take my dog, my family, and um, we'll we'll go on pretty pretty good hikes. And it's it's just enjoyable for me. It's pretty normal, but it's normal for me when I do it. And I don't know if other people when they do it if they are like wowed by it. But it's it's kind of just natural for me to like, go go outside, go hiking and stuff. Oh yeah, my, my wife and I love to hike, honestly. I mean, you're outdoors and you see some beautiful things. Haven't seen a bear yet on our trails. <laughs> how far away How, how far, yeah. <laughs> oh, he was pretty, he wasn't too close. Like he was out in the marsh, but we, we, we spotted him and I, uh, I don't believe I have the picture on my phone, but I, I had, a, uh, had my binoculars with me and I put the binoculars up and then I put my phone behind the bot and took the pictures and um, got a better view of him there. But he was pretty far away, like it was no worry at all. Yeah, you didn't have to suddenly. Finish. No, no, there, there was <laughs> nothing, nothing like that. He was bigger, right? He wasn't that. No, he wasn't that close. Punch him in the nose, right? Is that what you're supposed to do? I hope I'm never that close. <laughs> I'm hope. Listen, the marsh sounds good to me, but if I happen to run into one on the trail, make yourself bigger, make some noise. That's what they tell you, and then you know, you, you say your prayers. That's about, that's about it, right? Anyway, Dawson, thanks. Oh, you, sorry, yeah, sorry, Sam. One final question. You mentioned how competitive everybody is around the, around fishing and all your friends and stuff. Do any of your other friends have their jersey number retired at their uh, local rink? And what is that like? No, that's pretty special. It's actually good you bring it up. Like I, I'm, it's a big honor from my hometown to, to do that. And they got the sign, and there's a lot of support from back home. And 
to have my childhood number 14 retired up there is great. So um, I'll see that when I go home for sure. But um, I did my little video on Zoom and uh, they had the ceremony and everything. So um, first number retired there. It's, it's a great honor. It's a small town, but um, you know, I like being that role model for kids back home and um, I'm happy I'm the one the one doing it now and helping them out. So it's uh, it's pretty special. So I, I thank them a lot for that. Is it weird being another little kid's idol? I mean, you obviously grew up idolizing other players, but now you're kind of in the different role where those little kids in Bay Roberts are looking up to you and they're seeing your jersey up there. Yeah. They want to be Dawson Mercer now. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, like, the the amount of players from there isn't the, the highest, and uh, I'm proud to be from there and be one of those guys that kids from Newfoundland can look up to. And um, like I said, I've always... I always had that mindset of, you know, hopefully, hopefully that would be me one day, and uh, finally it's here, and uh, feel, it feels really good, so I'm happy about that. Congratulations on that, Thank for you. sure. Yeah, it's a wonderful honor, and you've had a terrific rookie year. Best of luck this summer with Canada uh, in, in the Worlds and then getting ready for camp because September's right around the corner, and we're excited about what you might bring to the table in your second year with everything you've learned and what you've shown us so far. Again, thank you very much. Thank you. Dawson Mercer joining us on this edition of the Speak of the Devils podcast, our weekly endeavor presented by RWJ Barnabas Health. Good chat, Sam. Yeah, as always. Appreciate, appreciate you coming on the show here, uh, Dawson. Oh, thank you. I, I liked it. It was a good way to end off the year now, and uh, we'll get back to things next year. This, this is the official closing of the seasons when you speak with <laughs> yeah, us. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. When Mercer speaks, the season's over. <laughs> so that'll wrap things up, folks. Thanks very much for joining us. We always appreciate your company. Until next time, for Sam Kassan, I'm Matt Lachlan. Again, thank you very much. Be safe, be well, so long.